0: And Welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're going to be continuing our study on Christ, our healer, but we're going to be looking at a little bit of a different kind of healing here this morning uh, than what we normally look at. In fact, uh, we're, we're going to be, we've been talking about physical healing so far, but today we're going to be looking at the idea that God heals the brokenhearted. In fact, in Psalm 147, verse 3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. You know, perhaps today you're listening uh, this morning, and you're just sitting there, and you're going, you know, Um, I I might not have a physical illness. I might not be uh, sick. I might not have a disease. But, you know, I really do have a broken heart. Something has uh, been going on in my life that it's, uh, you know, it's just broke my heart. You know, whatever it might be, whether it's a a loved one that has recently passed away, whether uh, it it is somebody who you love dearly who has walked away from the Lord. Maybe you've gotten uh, news that you uh, just can't bear to live with, but God heals the brokenhearted. And today we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 61, and we're going to see, well, a prophecy of what Jesus is going to do. Uh, in what he did when he came to this earth, and of course, what Jesus Christ did on this earth is not something uh, that he has that now gone and walked away from. All authority is given unto him. He doesn't have less authority today than what he had when he walked upon this earth. We need to remember that that the ministry that he had on this earth is not a ministry that all of a sudden here it is it has gone away with, and he has less power now. No, the Great Commission, the reason we are to go forth and make disciples, is because all power, all authority has been given unto Jesus Christ. But let's read Isaiah chapter 61, and it says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. the oil for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and that they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in uh, their portion. Therefore, their land they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work and truth and will make with them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the peoples." All all who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, for as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden "...causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations." Wow, what a powerful chapter of Scripture here uh, that we see in Isaiah chapter 61, but I want us to specifically note there the beginning of this. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the tiding, good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to come comfort all who mourn and to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified now we see here this concept that Jesus Christ, and this is who it's prophesying of, is that it's Jesus Christ, and he's going to go and he's going to preach specific things. He's going to do specific things, and of course, one of the specific things that he's going to go and do is that he is going to heal the brokenhearted. He's going to heal the brokenhearted. It also goes and says that he's going to go and comfort all who mourn. It also says that he's going to give them beauty for ashes, and he's going to go and uh, give the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And uh, we we see this here. This is a, a really a theme that is repeated several several times. That is really centered around this concept that he is going to heal the brokenhearted. He is going to heal the brokenhearted, which, once again, like I said, it says it in Psalm 147, verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And when we look at this, this is an incredible promise for us because we all go through heartbreak in this sin-cursed world. That's the reality of it. Every single person goes through heartbreak in this sin-cursed world. There are going to be times when you need comfort. There are going to be times when you just need the healing on the inside that only God can give, that only God can bring. And fortunately for us, God has promised that he will bring this. He will bring this. This is what he does. He heals the brokenhearted. That's what he does he heals the brokenhearted. You know, it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that God is the God of all comfort. He is the God of all comfort so that he can comfort us in whatever trial that you are going through. And isn't that incredible just to stop and to think about? That God is the God of all comfort And so he has an ample supply of comfort to go and to help you in your time of need. You know, we think about that word comfort. When Jesus goes and he introduces to his disciples that the Holy Spirit is going to come, what does he go and say? He says the Father is going to send you another comforter. That That God is going to send you a comforter. The Holy Spirit comforts you. The Holy Spirit comforts you. Isn't that just incredible to stop and to think about that God cares about you? In fact, specifically Jesus Christ, because, you know, Jesus Christ, it tells us in Hebrews that he is our great high priest. And, you know, a good high priest, which of course then Therefore, a great high priest would have this as well. A a great high priest, a good high priest, is one that can sympathize with those that they're representing. You see, in Scripture here you had—and I'm oversimplifying this concept—but in Scripture, in the Old Testament here, you have the prophet and you have the priest. And, And the prophet was one who spoke for God to the people, but then the priest was one who spoke for the people to God. Now this doesn't mean that there wasn't overlap. That doesn't mean that this was the only things that they did because of course generally a prophet is sent forth uh for one message and one message only and that's repent. And a priest of course he had many duties and and was very much a uh leader in in teaching and a leader in in um also in in worship and in praise and things like that. Like there's a lot of other stuff that that's going on with the priest. But The general to simplify it as simply as you can and to to boil it down to one concept it's that the prophet speaks to man, uh, or excuse me, speaks for God to man, and the priest speaks to God for man. And so we look at this here a high priest, in order to be a good high priest or a great high priest, they would have to understand the people, they would have to sympathize with the people, and then to be able to take that before God. Well, we know that it tells us that Christ is a high priest who can sympathize with us because he was tested at all points that we are, yet he is without sin. And so the concept here, the idea is, is that whatever you are going through, Jesus Christ understands. Now he understands in a way of righteousness, not in a sense of that he's partook in sin by any stretch of the imagination, because you know there are sometimes that we go through heartaches, that we go through brokenheartedness because of our own decisions sometimes. But Jesus understands what it feels like to have heartbreak. He understands what it's like to be betrayed more than you probably do. You probably haven't had somebody sell you for 30 pieces of silver, literally to your death, who you've gone and invested in and spent every day with for the last three years. Probably haven't had that. He understands what it's like to be abandoned and denied. He understands that. Have you been abandoned or denied in your life by those around you? Have you been betrayed? by those that you love most, and those whom you have let into your your inner close circle of people. Well, Jesus understands. He's been there. He's done that. He's been publicly criticized. He's been privately criticized. He's had all these things happen to him, and he can sympathize with you and Greater than that, He can comfort you, and He can heal your broken heart. He has forgiven you of so much more than what anybody has ever committed against you. He can go in, and because of that, because He is led in forgiveness, He can go and He can heal your broken heart. You just have to take it to Him. That's the reality of it. You have to take it to Jesus Christ, and He can change you, and He can heal your broken heart. He can give you beauty for ashes. He can give you the oil of joy for mourning. He can give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He can do all of that. Now, I do want you to realize that it says that they may be called the trees of righteousness. And it goes on and it continues to talk about the righteousness of God. You see, when God comes and he heals a broken heart, it's not that he is pacifying sin at all. It's that he is making you righteous. And so if that broken heart is because of something that you've done, which many times it is that, he can come in and he can heal that broken heart. But even more so, I shouldn't say even more so, but along with that, he turns you towards righteousness and sanctifies you while he is doing it. Now, I do want to bring up this last concept, this last thing here this morning, because I think this is important to understand, because I, I, I do believe that there are people who, who are listening to this podcast who this idea of healing is maybe a new concept, or it's one that, that you know they're just not sure about. I think that everything that I've said today, you're probably in agreement with. Well, of course Jesus can heal the brokenhearted. Of course he can do that. I've seen him bring comfort to people. I've seen those promises come true. He's brought comfort into my life. Well, I just want you to stop and to think about this for a little bit. How silly would it be to believe that Jesus is a healer of the broken heart, but not a healer of the body? He literally gives example after example after example after example of healing people's body. We, do, I mean, there's maybe a few instances where you might be able to point to and say, look, he healed a broken heart right there in Scripture, that we can go and see that as an actual example. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but it's certainly not as prevalent as him going and healing bodies throughout the gospel. And yet, most people believe, even people who don't believe in physical healing, they certainly believe that he can heal the brokenhearted. Why is that? Well, because the Bible says so. It says so right there. In in Psalm 147, verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. Well, we've looked at Scripture after Scripture after Scripture that talks about where Jesus Christ heals our bodies. And he gives that promise. So why are you picking and choosing the promises of God? Why don't you just believe all of the promises of God and receive all that God has for you today? He wants to heal your body. He wants to heal your broken heart. But you must take it to him. Well, thank you for listening today and remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may be able to observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. we hold to the promise there's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will has already begun Know that God's up to something